Okay, listen, you can judge me all you want to about how I handled this. I don't. Said and done. It's said and done. So we have this all staff meeting. So our company does all staffs on the first Tuesday of every new month, which is it's great for it doesn't matter. We do. It's like a company wide. So like if HR wants to come in, they can come into any club um, first Tuesday of every month or anybody in corporate come into any club first Tuesday of every month. It's scheduled that that club will be doing an all an all staff meeting. And I'm doing this all staff meeting. Corporate is not there, but I have some things that I want to get off my chest in regards to the whole situation with what happened to me being accused of having an inappropriate conversation relationship with um, an employee. Excuse me. See? See? There we go. Team member. Here's the thing. So I call everybody around. And, you know, we go through the normal stuff and the all staff meeting. We play games. We, you know, we have food um, and we go to the actual meeting part. And I just start talking to them very, I, I set it up so that, <clears throat> excuse me, some people sit on the floor anyway, but I set up chairs. Um, I sit on the floor. I want to not be towering over or be on some sort of pedestal when I speak. I feel like I can communicate strongly enough without having to tower over somebody. And I want to position myself in this way. I'm sitting on the floor. Most people are sitting up elevated and we're in our large group fitness studio. You know, where we do like dance classes and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're in one of those studios and we're having this all staff meeting. And I say so. And I say this very casually, like we're doing our normal stuff. I end up going on some long story about something. And I say, so tell me very casually. Raise your hand if you heard rumors lately about me and another employee. And everybody's like, whoop. And they're looking around like, um, is this a trick question? Do you really want us to raise our hands? And I'm like, no, seriously, raise your hand. I have my hand raised in the air. And then slowly one hand goes up. I'm like, thank you. Another hand goes up. And then finally everybody's hand goes up. And I said, well, I want to address as vaguely as possible without giving out too many details as to what happened, that those rumors were false. I had no inappropriate relationship or any sort of relationship other than a working relationship with said person. I don't say their name. Um, and they don't work there anymore. And I say, I just want you to be very conscientious about what you repeat and how what you repeat can take on a life of its own. The things that were said about me were very damaging and hurtful things. And I want you to understand that I did not do any of the things that were alleged. Anyway, we go into this whole, we go through this whole thing. It's one of those pin drop moments where everybody gets quiet. I crack a couple jokes to get everybody laughing again. Um, because I don't want, I don't, I want people to understand the seriousness of what happened, but I don't want, I don't want it to become everything that we are. So I address it once and hopefully for the last time and I dismiss it. I say, fortunately, that situation is handled and we can finally move on. And I'm super surprised 
when a couple team members who I had not spoke to about this, not my front desk lead, not Auntie Sella or her nephew, start clapping. And then the whole room breaks out in applause. So things have almost gotten back to normal. Almost. Like, word has gotten out that I didn't do anything wrong. But once something comes out against you, it's hard to really change people's opinion of, opinions about you once it's skewed negative. Um, but things have really kind of almost gotten back to normal. The only thing is, is that for me personally, it's hard for me to let my guard down. And I notice, like when I'm having conversations with some of my employee, see, there I go again. Some of my team members, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to level. And it's really hard for me to, like, sometimes I'll forget and then I'll start shifting into my normal self. And then I remember, and it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to just be chill with them when I'm at work. Even when it comes to like disciplining employees, like I run things over HR time and time and time and time again. And I don't know, I just, I feel like I'm overguessing everything. I think in time, I'll be able to switch back to my normal self. But I don't know yet. There are a few people. There are a few people. Auntie Sella being one. Sergio being another. Um, me and Sergio have talked. I Listen, I feel like I kind of owe it to Sergio, like, not to be, not to be the boss all the time. He has questions about, his questions about, you know, being out and now that he's kind of out. I mean, people around work don't know, but like his family knows. And he's, he has a lot of questions about like, you know, where to meet guys and stuff like that. And I don't think I'm the right person to tell. <laughs> I really don't think I'm the right person. I can't tell him, you know, like what we talk about. Um, at least not while he, not, not while we work together. Um, but he has like a lot of like questions and like I'm there for him as like, I don't know, like a friend or like a mentor or something. But I even have to be careful with that. There can be no impropriety at all. It's, it's, it's a challenge. And honestly, it makes me a little sad. I think about like my mind is like going over all of the... <laughs> <laughs> all of the crazy things that I've done at the gym and of course not at the gym I'm at now so much as the gym that I did I mean the gym that I came from and people ask me all the time they're like so do you ever see guys like hooking up in the gym or do you ever know of like you know guys getting on in the gym let me tell you every single day something's going on it's one of those places where if, if you know where to look, if you know how to read the signs and the codes, like something's happening every day at the gym. And, and let there be let there be gender specified like steam room and saunas like, please believe. Now, I can only speak from a dude's perspective. I don't even know what's going on in the ladies locker room, but I can imagine. Um, and it's it happens all the time. And now that I'm here in this space, I feel kind of sad because it's like, man. If I get caught doing anything, 
my entire reputation is just done. And I'm I like my mind goes back to it's gotta be one of the first times I ever did anything. Jim is this guy. Okay. His name was Dominic. Dominic was excuse me. Dominic was he was he was young, like me. He had this gorgeous um his skin tone was like very similar to Miguel's, like light brown. Um, he was Latino, I I think. Um, um yeah, he was Latino. And he had like these crazy blush lips and like these eyes that were like they were brown, but they were like a they were like a light brown. Just like a honey brown, you know? And he was the type of guy, like he was just he was just a guy's guy. He was a dude. And he would he would come in and say like things that I thought were so obnoxious, like, hey dog, what are the bitches looking like today? And I'm just like, bro, don't call me dog, and then start talking about bitches. I don't like when anyway, that's not important. And he was he was just one of those dudes. And then he would go with the other dudes he would work out with. And you know, they were loud and you know, they were just young and free and dudes. And I remember this one day. This is way back in the beginning when I was still working in, in housekeeping. And we had these, these, well, let me not get ahead of myself. So I get a call from the front desk over the PA system. You know, come to the front desk. We have an issue. I'm like, okay. I go to the front desk. They said, hey, one of the showers in the men's locker room won't turn off. I'm like, okay. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I know what the issue is. So I go back into our supply cabinet, our supply closet, and... um. We have like a little like, not even a tool set, just like a collection of tools that have kind of accumulated over the years. You know, like some of the maintenance people who, the maintenance people wouldn't be at the gym every day. They would go like hop from club to club and fix stuff. So if we needed, if anything was so broken that we couldn't fix it, we'd have to like put in a ticket for maintenance to come fix it. Um, But, you know, if there were little things, like sometimes we could fix them. So I pulled out some screwdrivers and I go over into the locker room and I'm going into the shower. I never talked about this guy that much here. I've written about this before on like Reddit and stuff. Um, But usually the stuff I post on Reddit, I usually have talked about here first. Like usually, but for this particular story with Dominic, I post, I wrote, I did write about Dominic because it related to, it related to um, Roxanne and her husband, which I've already talked about here, but Dominic just happened to get tossed into the mix. So anyway, let's talk about Dominic. I go into the shower and I can hear like the thud of water hitting the ground. And I walk by the showers looking for the shower that's broken. And I hear this voice say, hey, kid, can you come in? Or he didn't say, can you come in? He said, hey, kid, come here. And I'm like, mm, okay. And I go to the guy's shower. He's butt-ass naked. This guy, um, he's tall, very hairy, very hairy, white. And his dick was like really small, like really small. And I remember thinking, this guy is a total dick <laughs> because he, I don't know, he was just very demanding. And he was like, hey kid, can you, uh, this shower is broken and won't turn off. And I was like, oh, okay, I found my shower. Um, shower's broken, won't turn off. And I go and I say, okay, let me see if I can fix it. And the guy turns out to be Nick, Roxanne's husband. The reason why I bring up his dick size is because I remember Roxanne's reaction to my size. She was very, I don't know. I kind of had this thing when 
when we had sex, like I, I felt like I was giving her what her husband wouldn't, but it wasn't just about the dick. It was also too about just like care and love and attention and appreciation. Like all of that went along with that. So that's why I bring up his dick size. Honestly, I sometimes feel like dick size is overrated. A lot of times, I think it's it can't be stated enough how important it is what's attached to the dick. Um, but in this case, he was just, he just was not a nice guy. But anyway, so I go into the shower and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what happens. We have the showers where like you turn it on when you first turn the handle, it's cold. And as you rotate it to the other side, it gets hot. But sometimes like our members will like be so overly, you know, they'll just put all their weight into it and they'll wear it out and it'll break. So you just have to take it off and you screw it tighter and then it'll, it'll, it usually works. Um, but as I take the, the thing off, first of all, Nick is still showering. I thought that he was going to leave. He's still showering. And I was like, oh, dude, I can come back. And he's like, nope, you're good. And he leaves. I'm like, okay. Mind you, when like I turn around and notice that he's still there, like I'm eye level with his penis. Um, anyway, that's not important. What's important is as I go to take this thing off, the screws are, I notice that the screws underneath are stuff that we don't have. I'm like, shh, you know, I'm like, shit. And then I hear a voice. And he's like, what's going on, dude? And it's Dominic. And I turn and I look at him. He must have just come back from a workout because he's sweating. And he's got a towel in his hand. His tank top is like sticking to his body. It's, oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, nothing, dude. I was just trying to fix the shower, but I don't have the right tools. And as I'm like talking, he takes off his tank top. And let me tell you, his body was, I did not expect him to have such a nice body underneath all of that. And I freeze. And he holds his towel underneath the water, underneath the shower, right? He holds his towel underneath the shower, gets it wet, and starts toweling himself off. He's like, oh, let me take a look at that. And he squints down. He leans in. He gets close to me. I can feel, like, his body heat. I can, like, smell his, like, he's giving off mad, like, pheromones. And I'm just like, ooh, this guy's fine. And he's looking at the, at the screws in the shower. And he's like, you know what? I got a tool for this. He said, let me go check out my truck. And he walks out. Doesn't put his shirt back on. Walks out. He returns about a minute and a half later with a whole tool set. And as he comes in the locker room, I can hear some of the girls outside, like, cat calling him. Never, never, never bothered to put his shirt back on. And, oh, my God, he has that smile. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So he comes back into the shower area. And he's like, yep, I got just the thing. And he pulls out his little special screwdriver. I mean, he pulls out a school screwdriver and I hold it while, you know, he's unscrewing it so it doesn't screw. So, you know, anyway, we work on this thing and we get it fixed. But in the process of, of us working on it, like his closeness, like the fact that I can feel his body heat, the fact that he's inches away from me. Sometimes we're even touching. Like, I can't help it. I get aroused. And my dick is like chubbed up on one side of my leg. 
And over time, you know, it goes down. But you know, like when it goes down, but it doesn't go all the way down. So when we fix it, you know, I high five him. I'm like, thanks, dude. And I stand up. He's kneeling down over this, over this, over this faucet. I stand up and my dick is like, the bulge in my pants is eye level to him. And he just sees like, I look down and I see my dick like hanging like halfway down my leg. And I see his eyes go big. And he looks up at me. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put your eye out. <laughs> He's like, uh-uh. He didn't say anything. He was just like, fuck. He said, you must get a lot of pussy with that thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was awkward. I didn't know what to say. And he's just like, I see him lick his lips. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, before I know it, he reaches over and he grabs it. And like, I sit down hard. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. And he's massaging it. And I'm like, I get hard, like almost instantly. And when I'm hard, he's like, what the fuck, dude? And he pulls my pants down. And he's looking up at me for permission as he's like glancing down at my dick and looking back up at me and glancing down and looking up. And he's looking for permission. I don't remember if I said anything or what. I just remember the feeling of when his lips first like made contact with it. And I was just like, oh my God, not now, not now. And but he's going and he's going. And he's sucking me off in the shower. Um, and after a while, like, I don't know how many minutes passed, but after a while, like, I can hear, like, some of the racquetball guys come in, and they're loud and boisterous, and I know that it's a good group of them, and they're going to take up every single shower that we have. And, like, I look at him, and he looks at me, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's time to break this off. And I tuck my stuff back in, and he looks out, he creaks out the door just to kind of see if anybody's around. He looks back at me and he gives me like a smile. Let me tell you, the perfect, like perfect white teeth. I don't know, his smile was just so, it just wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. Like, oh my God, this guy's looks was insane. He smiles at me and he takes off. I take the time in between these guys getting undressed and getting ready to shower to let myself, you know, return to, return to normal. And I leave too. Mind you, Dominic left his tools, which only meant, naturally, I'm going to have to return them later. Mind you, this is before, this is before Miguel. This is before James. Of course, it's before Mir. I was so inexperienced. I just, I, you know, I was very inexperienced. It was, it was, it was... I was very nervous. I was very afraid. But, you know, honestly, I think now if I was to do something like that or even do like what me and Amir did or what me and James or me and Miguel did or me and Michael. If I was to do something like that in the gym now, I think I'd be even more nervous than I was back then. I feel like I have a lot more to lose now. So the next day I get a call from a text from him um, like, hey, bro, you got my tools. And I was like, yeah, he said, I got your number. He, by the way, he, he lets me, he lets me know he got my number from, 
one of the girls at the desk who he hinted at that he was having sex with or had sex with, had hooked up with once. He got my number from her and that's how he got my number. And he said, meet me over at, um, I said, I told him, you know, next time you come in the gym, I'll have him ready for you. He said, no, just, um, if you can just bring him to me. I work not too far from the gym. I was like, okay. Wasn't thinking too much of it, even though, you know, what had happened, happened. I figured I'm going to his workplace. People will be around, but no, his work was closed. He works at like a, at like a maintenance yard where they, where they fix, um, like the large, like 18 wheeler, um, diesel trucks. And I get there, it's night. It's this big lot where they have like a big shed, big enough to where you can park a couple tractor not tractor trailers, a couple um, of those big diesel trucks and, and do maintenance on them. And the, the rest of the grounds, which is all fenced in and is like all of this like gravel. So it makes like a really crunchy sound when you walk on, which I, you know, it's not that important to the story, but I just, something about the quiet nights and that gravel sound. I don't know. It makes me think about home. It makes me think about Tommy. It feels very rural to me, I guess. And even on top of that, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we go, I go there. And when I get there, it's, you know, this big place that I mentioned the shed. And also to spread out throughout this yard is just rows and rows of empty, of empty um, diesel trucks are attached to some, but the big trailers that they carry anyway, that they're hitched to, um, are like just lined up in rows all, all around this thing. And I get there, I hand Dominic his tools and I'm like, man, this place is huge. And I make a comment about how big the trailers are. And he's like, yeah, man. And he looks at me like the quiet still night air. And he's just like, give me this eerie kind of look. I I think I mentioned it's after closing at this point. So there's nobody else around. It's just me and him in this whole place by ourselves. Um, you know, feet crunching on the gravel. And he's like, they're even bigger inside. And yeah, it's exactly what you think. He shows me the inside of one of these trailer beds. And we start getting at it. I remember the smell. Smell like cows. Like it had like hay still on the ground. The thing smelled like cows. It made it reminded me so much of home that I was like having to shake the feelings off. At this point, I had not gotten over Tommy or any of that stuff. Um, and I remember he wanted to suck me, but before I let him do that, I wanted him to kiss me. I wanted him, I wanted him to want me. I wanted him to like me. And I've had this whole thing about how all of the girls that he, that would chase him down. Like, I don't know, just something about all of that. And the fact that he was this really, this kind of man's man. I really wanted his affection. And so I kissed him. And he was reluctant to do it at first. But I stayed with it and he started to kiss me back. And then when our tongues touched, it's just like, you know, he switched and I could hardly keep him off of me. He pulled away from me for a second. And he was just like, I've never done that before. And like his whole demeanor shifted. We were making out 
Um, I was kissing him super deeply, very passionately. I mean, we covered every inch of that truck bed. <laughs> and, you know, I started to kiss his neck and he got hard. And um, I got down on my knees and I pulled his his dick out. And it was it was a nice size, a good seven inches, I would say. And I started to suck him off. And he was telling me, oh, dude, this is better than girls. And then eventually he's like, my turn. And he pulls mine out and he's just like looking at it in like wonderment. He's like, fuck, dude, I never knew you were packing a monster all this time, which suggested to me that maybe he had been watching me when I wasn't even noticing that he was watching me. Like maybe he was actually into me. I like the thought of that. <laughs> so he starts going down on me and he is very good. He is very good. I can tell that he is no stranger to this type of thing. And eventually, you know, he has me fuck him. And I put a condom on. He actually had the condom and it was really, really tight for me. Um, and he put it on me and, you know, I went really slow. And, you know, we used lots of lots and lots and lots of lube. Uh, once I got a, a good rhythm worked up, though, like his whole personality shifted. He, he like his voice got like high pitched and he started saying like all this really weird, like. I'm not going to I'm not going to imitate it, but he was like, yes, daddy, fuck me. I'm such a slut. I'm your fucking slut bitch boy and all this kind of stuff. Like own this boy pussy and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of weirding me out, dude. But I was determined to finish. And I reached around him. He was still rock hard. I reached around him and I jerked him off. Um, and he like, you know, he squirted all over the place. And finally I pulled out and I came in his face because that's like where he wanted it. And after all of that was done, after all of like the, oh, I really want you. Oh, fuck me, daddy. All of this kind of stuff. Once he had come down from his horniness, he just was not happy. He looked at me in a way that kind of scared me. Just like, almost like I had done something to him. And he just left. He like walked out and went back into the shed. And I was so, so weirded out. I just, I got my stuff and I went home too. And from that moment on, essentially, like he stopped talking to me. Very much like Spencer. He like stopped talking to me. The only time he would like hit me up every now and then just for sex. And I refused. I wouldn't do anything else with him. I mean, Dominic was very important to me. Like, I I was more than just attracted to his insanely good looks. I was more than just attracted to that. I was attracted to, like, his, his stature, his, the way he carried himself, the way that he, the way that other people responded to him. He was very much like Tommy in the, how charming he was. Actually, well, let me not say that because Tommy had this whole other star quality thing going on. Like it was insane. He could get what he could get away with anything. Um, and Dominic wasn't quite like that. Dominic was just very, I don't know. He was fun. He's incredibly handsome. He had a great personality. He's the type of guy that you wanted either to love or to be friends with. 
And when he kind of flipped the script on me, I was like, I was texting him. This is really embarrassing. I was texting him like, baby, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what did I do? Oh, gosh, it's so embarrassing. Um, uh, yeah, I was just, listen, mind you, I was still very new to all of this. I was very insecure. I was, I was, honestly, I feel like I'm still that same person. I feel like, you know, I have better tools and more confidence than I used to have, but I still like the approval the exact same way. And so I think that's part of the reason why it scares me so much to ever even think about doing anything like that ever again. Because say for instance, say for instance, this whole accusal thing was something that was caught on tape or supposed to be caught on tape. And then the tapes come out and prove that I didn't do a single thing. If I get caught doing this kind of stuff now, doesn't matter what the tape said, everybody's going to believe that the, the wrong that I did not do, I actually did. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining that right. It's just like, if I get caught doing the old stuff that I used to do, that I still do, if I get caught doing that, everything that, you know, I was ever accused of is going to be true. Same thing I kind of felt when I ran into um, Tommy's dad when I was with Amir. It was like, oh no, I'm with a guy now. Does that mean that I forced myself on Tommy? No, I didn't. But, and thank goodness Tommy's dad never believed any of that. But I, that's how I feel now. It's like, if I get caught, this is going to be very damaging to my reputation, past, present, and future. So I'm wrapping up stuff at, I'm wrapping up stuff at work. I'm actually going over um, the sales numbers with Randall. And as soon as Randall leaves, Sergio comes in. And he's like, hey, Mr. Brooks, can I ask you for a favor? And I was like, yeah, dude, what's up? And he said, I was wondering if I could get off 15 minutes early. I already did this. I did that. I did this. And he's gone through his whole list. And I'm like, I'm, I'm hesitating. Like, should I, should I, should I do this? Should I open this door? Like, I don't know. I feel like once the door's cracked a little bit, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I want to keep things professional at the same time. I still feel like I owe Sergio a lot. But he's telling me, like, all the stuff that he's done and how he's set up for the next shift. And I'm like, I see no harm. And you leaving 15 minutes early? What big of a deal is it? And he's like, thank you. Thank you. And he said, he paused for a second, considering, like, I don't know if he was considering whether to tell me the next part. And he goes, I have a date. And I'm like, really? And he said, yeah. And he's just kind of embarrassed. And I'm like, guy or girl? And he rolls his eyes. He's like, come on. I was like, well, I'm just asking. You said, you know, you said you were bisexual. Is it a guy or is it? He said, it's a guy. And I'm like, cool, man. And he says, yeah. He said, honestly, I'm kind of nervous. I've never been on a date with a guy before. And he's like, what should I do? I said, do you know where you're going? He said, yeah. He said, do you like the guy? I said, do you like the guy? And he said, I think so. And I said, well, have fun. Be safe. 
And then I started to go, I, st I, I literally started to go into like mommy mode. I should, well, I don't know, mommy daddy mode. Anyway, I started to go into guardian mode, protector mode and be like, do this, do this, make sure you don't do this and don't do this. And I was like, nope, he's a good guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And I said, just have fun. He said, thank you, Mr. Brooks. <laughs>